0: God, we love you, and we are just uh, anxious even to get into your word this morning. God, I cannot wait to open this up and to share your word and to, uh, to just be able to, to be used by you again. God, I pray that, as I do every week, that you would speak through me, that this would not just be my words, they wouldn't be just my human words to your people this morning, but they would be your words for your people on your day because you deserve all the glory and all the praise. If we are not here for you, we are here for the wrong reasons, God. Will you speak through me this morning. God, we love you, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we've been on this journey in Multiply, uh, and uh, Multiply has been, we've been, for actually most of the year, we've been going through this study called Multiply, uh, and over the last two months, we've been kind of starting to begin, not really, we're kind of halfway through now, but we've been going through the the story of Scripture, right? Multiply is all about being disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, disciples, right? This is what it's all about. And to be a disciple who makes a disciple, you need to know the story, because if you're going to make disciples, you need to be able to tell the story, and you cannot tell the story if you don't know the story. And so we've been going through the story of God from the Old Testament and today we begin the New. But as we, as we went in the Old Testament, there were these, these covenants that kept coming up. There was this theme of, of God relating to his people through covenants, right? There was the, the covenant with Adam and Eve, the covenant of creation, right? This is, this is my creation. I give this to you to, to rule over, right? This is the covenant of creation, uh, and then Noah, the covenant of, of really preservation, right? I'm not no longer going to send a flood to wipe out the whole earth. Here's a rainbow as a sign, right? So there's a, the covenant that he makes with Noah. There's a the covenant that he makes with Abram in, in Genesis chapter 15 and, and 12 and 17, right? I, I'm going to make you a great name, a great nation, that your descendants will be as numerous as the sand, as numerous as the stars, right? We see this all over those chapters, God just making promises, To Abram of of promise, right? You you will be great. Your your name will be great. Your descendants will be more numerous than you can even count, right? We get to to Moses and Exodus, and we have this covenant of the law, right? Here is the here is my law. Here is here is my law. This is how I this is what I expect of you. Live according to this law. And then in David, in, in 2 Samuel, we have the, the covenant of the kingdom of God. We see the, the presence of the kingdom of God even in the Old Testament. Even though it doesn't say kingdom of God, we see kind of the, the, in, the incoming of this kingdom of God in the Old Testament, right? This is the kingdom of God that goes all throughout the new as well, right? This is 2 Samuel. And then last week, we ended with this covenant of, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, this new covenant Right, The new covenant that, that is made in, in Jeremiah 31 and in Ezekiel, this new covenant, that, that as this, in this new covenant we will have a new heart. In this new covenant that the, the law of God is no longer written on stone tablets, but instead it's written on our hearts. Right in, in, the, in this new covenant, the knowledge of God, we, are, we don't have to know God from a distance. We don't have to stand at the entrance to our tents and worship as Moses goes into the tent to meet with God. We get to know God intimately, face to face. We get to know God, right? and the grace of God is, is poured out freely upon you and upon me through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which leads us right into the New Testament. And there's no better way to start our time in the New Testament than just to lead it off by answering this question, who is this Jesus guy? Who is Jesus? Who is this Jesus that is, that is coming to, to make the sacrifice that is, pro, that is prophesied in the Old Testament? Who is this Jesus that over 400 times in the Old Testament is prophesied about? Who is this, this Jesus and we're lucky because we don't really have to, have to look very hard to find the answer. In fact, in the book of John, the book of John uh, has seven times in which Jesus says, I am. Jesus tells us who he is, right? Which is reminiscent if you go back to the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 3, when, when Moses is at the burning bush and, and, and he says, who should I tell them to, that sent me? And God says, I am who I am. And we get to the New Testament and the book of John, and, and, and Jesus is, is telling us who he is. He says, I am. Right? In John chapter 6, he says, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 10, he says, I'm the gate for the sheep to go through. And there's another one in 10 that we'll talk about this morning. In John chapter 11, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John chapter 15, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches, right? Jesus is constantly talking in the book of John about who he is. And I want to talk about just one of those this morning, because I think it it goes really well with where we've been in the Old Testament. As we've seen in the Old Testament, the people of God, the Israelites, they they follow God and then they don't. And they follow God and then they don't. There's this kind of roller coaster with the people of God. And in John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Go to John chapter 10 with me. We're going to read a little bit here in John chapter 10, starting at at verse 1. And here's what he says. Very truly, truly I tell you, Pharisees, and actually we're going to read the, the gate one as well in John chapter 10 here as well. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from a stranger because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John chapter chapter 10, verse 11. This is where our, our really focus is this morning. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. Now, Jesus doesn't just say, I'm the shepherd. He says, I'm the good shepherd, which means what? That means there's probably some bad shepherds out there, right? Which he talks about, really, in these first ten voices, right? These these other people who are trying to lead these sheep, these strangers that are trying to lead my sheep. But the sheep don't know that voice. They know my voice. They follow me, right? I, I am the good shepherd. Jesus makes it clear in 10.10 here that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, that they may have life and they might have it to the full. There, there, are, there are many different shepherds in our world that try and lead us away from the voice of God, lead us away from what God has for us. All these different shepherds, they, they are used by, used by the evil one to, to steal and to kill and destroy. But the good news is that the good shepherd has come that we might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. Now, just to be clear, Jesus is the shepherd. We have a part in this story. We're, we're in this story as well. We're in this, this metaphor that Jesus is using here. We are the sheep. And I hate to break it to you this morning, but, but being the sheep is not necessarily like a compliment that Jesus is paying us. Right? Sheep are, are not very smart animals. Sheep are, are in actuality, really dumb animals. Right? Sheep... sheep there's 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 really four challenges of being a sheep, right? The first one is this sheep get lost really easily right? Sheep are, you know, they they always say the grass is always greener on the other side. That's like the motto for sheep, right? The sheep are always going to go away from where everybody else is to go see if there's something better over there, right? I think I see something over there. There's something shiny over there. I see some green grass over there. I'm going to go over there. I'm not going to stay with everybody here. I'm going to go over there. And like I said, they're not very smart. So when they go over there, they usually get lost, they don't really know how to find their way back, right? Sheep get lost easily. It's, it's common for sheep to wander. Uh, but here's, here's the second thing. Sheep are defenseless. And this is really interesting to me. I was kind of researching this a while back. So I was thinking about this whole metaphor that Jesus uses here about being the shepherd. Sheep, sheep are defenseless. Right? You think of pretty much every other animal in the known world, every animal has some sort of defense. Right? Even cats, they, they can scratch you. Dogs can bite. Like, there's all kinds of different things. Sheep, they're defenseless. Like, they, they don't have anything. They're not very fast. They can't run away. Right? I guess they could bite you, but they're slow. They're, they're not very smart. Like, they, they don't really have defenses. It's interesting. Uh, they can't protect themselves, which is why, in the Old Testament, what you see is the shepherds being with the sheep 24 7. Right when David was was out at the sheep, he was there twenty four seven. He was sleeping with the sheep. Why? So he could watch over them. Right? They they didn't live in the age where they had all these fences and different things to keep wild animals out. David was the defense. Right? The sheep were the defense. Were defenseless. <clears throat> Here's the third thing about sheep. Sheep are stubborn. <clears throat> sheep are really stubborn. I, I, when I was looking into this, I, I read this this anecdote of a sheep who. Who was walking down a hill and got caught in between two rocks. And instead of just backing up and going around, or backing up and maybe jumping over, the sheep just kept trying to push through these rocks. It's just stubborn. I, I think I can make it through that. I'm going to make it through that. I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep trucking along. This is, sheep are, are really stubborn, right, until the shepherd comes and has to pull them back and pull them out and show them the way around. Sheep are very stubborn. And the last thing is, sheep are filthy, right? They, they don't have an ability to clean themselves. And you're thinking, well, all the sheep that I've seen on TV are super white, Right? those things have been power washed. Have you ever seen a, a sheep that's on a farm or a sheep that's somewhere else? They are dirty, they're smelly, they stink. Right? This, is, these, these, this is a sheep, this is sheep. And Jesus in this, in this thing he's saying, I'm the good shepherd. But guess what, if Jesus is the shepherd, then you and I are the sheep. Amen. What does that say about us? It says, <laughs> who said amen? <laughs> we are the sheep, right? What does that say about us? It means, We get lost easily, right? We go our own way. We try and find our own way. We try and do things. Oh, that looks nice over there. I'm going to go try this for a while. It doesn't matter that that God doesn't appreciate me going over there. It doesn't matter that God, specifically in Scripture, tells me not to do that. I'm going to go try that for a little bit because that looks nice. That looks shiny. The grass is greener over there. I'm going to go over there. And before you know it, you're caught in some things you shouldn't be caught up into and you can't find your way back home. Amen. We get lost easily. All right, what else? What else? We're, we're defenseless. We are defenseless. I tell you this. Spiritual warfare is a very, very real thing. And without the good shepherd, we are defenseless. There's there is no amount of, of knowledge, there is no amount of anything that can get you through some of these temptations, some of these some of these attacks on you without the Good Shepherd. We're defenseless. But man, are we stubborn? I didn't hear an amen to that one. Yeah, all right. We're stubborn. All right, we, we just keep, keep going, we keep trucking along, I got this, I can do this, Right. even when we get lost, I can find my way back, I know where I'm going, right? it's like being in a car and, and uh, you know you're lost but you don't want to say, tell who you're with that you know that you're lost, right, where are you going, oh, I think there's a shortcut right up here, I think I know where I'm going, I, I, we're just going to go up here, I'm sure they'll find the way. Right, you're lost, aren't you? No, I'm not lost. We're good. We're good. I'm just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. And all of a sudden, you find yourselves two hours out of the way, not speaking from experience here. All of a sudden, you find yourself two hours out of the way, and, and now, then you have to finally say, we're lost. Right? We're stubborn people. We're stubborn, and we're filthy. And I, I want you to know that, that, that if we have not yet said yes to Christ, we are filthy. All right, we, we sing the song Jesus Paid It All. all right, he washed us white as snow. Why do we need to be washed white as snow? Because the sin that we have in our lives is so filthy. We are just filthy. But here's the good news this morning: is that you and I have a good shepherd. Not just a shepherd, we have a good shepherd. And here's what I know about our good shepherd, right? I know a bunch of things about this good shepherd, but here's what I know about the good shepherd that can give us some hope this morning. Our good shepherd guides us. We have a tendency as the sheep to be lost, but our good shepherd guides us, right? In Psalm 23, some of you know this, Psalm 23 Some of you could just say it out loud right now. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. We have a good shepherd who guides us on the right path, right? Verse verse 3 and 4, even of, of, I love verse 3 and 4 of of John chapter 10 here. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And talk about being guided by the good shepherd, to be able to know the voice of the good shepherd. And there might be some of you in here that say, I don't know his voice. How do I know the voice of God? How do I know what God is saying to me? How can I hear the voice of God? Well, God speaks in all kinds of different ways. Maybe you haven't heard him audibly. There's not a lot of people that I know that have actually heard an audible voice of God. But God speaks every day through his word. God speaks every day in different circumstances in our lives, different people that are in our lives. God speaks all the time to us. Can we we listen? Do we listen enough is really the question, I think. But I don't know his voice. I don't know his voice, Pastor Chris. Just imagine with me that you and I are going to walk into a room with about 50 people And in this room, Rachel, my wife, is here. And I say, Close your eyes. Where's my wife? And your job is to listen. Here's how I know that that if you can't find my wife, here's what I know about you. Either you don't know my wife, or you haven't spent time getting to know my wife. Because here's the other thing that I know. If you were to blindfold me and send me into that room, with, even if there were just 50 women in that room, and you were to say, find your wife, I know my wife's voice. I know what she sounds like. I know what she laughs like. I know, I know everything about my wife. I've spent time with my wife. I know my wife. Man, Pastor Chris, I just don't know the voice of God. Well, do you know God? Have you spent the time getting to know God? Do you know what he says about you? Do you know what he says in your word? Do you know what the voice of God even, even is supposed to sound like? Pastor Chris, I haven't heard the voice of God. Maybe, maybe you need to get to know God a little better. And as you do, I guarantee his voice will become clear and clear, and clear. In that same example, there are some people in this room that could go into that room blindfolded and pick out my wife. Why? Because you spent some time with my wife. You know my wife a little bit. You know her voice. You know the way she laughs. Not as well as me, but you know. You can know God. Just with spending just a little bit of time, you can know the voice of God. All right, we have a good shepherd, a good shepherd who guides us. All right? This is the amazing thing about our good shepherd. Our good shepherd guides us. Here's the second thing that our good shepherd does. Our good shepherd provides for us. Our good shepherd provides for us. Provides for us. Even, even though we are defenseless. Let's read Psalm, 20, Psalm 23 again. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He provides for us. He may, he, he, I lack nothing, the psalmist said. Right? He, he, he guides me along the right paths, the psalmist says. Right, why, why, are these, why, are these, why are these quiet waters important for the psalmist? Well, if you're a, if you're a sheep, you like quiet waters. You don't really like the, the raging waters. You don't like the loud, the fast waters. Why? Because if your coat gets wet, you're going to end up down the river looking like a cotton ball, and you're probably going to drown soon. Right? Sheep don't like the fast waters. Sheep like the quiet water. They can go and get a drink from the quiet, still water. And Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He leads me beside the still waters. He provides for you. He gives you, he gives you a drink when you need a drink. God, this, this good shepherd in Jesus provides for you. And he refreshes my soul, the psalmist says. Here's the, the, one of the best things that I know about our good shepherd. That he doesn't just provide for our physical needs. He provides for our internal needs as well. He refreshes my soul, the psalmist says. And it's not just for our bodies, but for our soul as well. That we're inwardly at, at, at peace. And, and we could be just at a point in our lives where literally just all hell is breaking loose. Right? We're just going through so much junk in our lives. Right? We go to work and we just don't even want to be at work because there's so much stuff going on at work. We go home and we don't even want to go home because we don't want to talk to the people at home because we know what is going on at home. We go on, but, but inside we have this internal peace. Why? Because we know the good shepherd. And the good shepherd refreshes your soul. The good shepherd doesn't just provide for your bodies; he provides for your soul. The good shepherd provides for us here's another thing the good shepherd does the good shepherd corrects thinking pastor chris that is not like a a good thing right that's not what i would say like this is a good thing about the good shepherd that he corrects us well can i just say the this might not be a good thing if you're one of the people who's wondering right you're not really looking forward to the correction of the good shepherd if you're, if you're one of the ones wandering, right? But God loves you enough to correct you, right? Job knew this. If you go to Job chapter 5, uh, verse 17, he says this, blessed is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he, for, for he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hands also heal. I read as I was researching this, I told you I was doing some research on the sheep. I I was reading this article about a little lamb that kept getting away from the shepherd. Kept just kind of wandering off and doing its own thing. And and what this shepherd did was one time the sheep ran off. He took his rod and he just cracked him right on the leg. And he hurt the sheep's leg. Sheep was wounded. What does the shepherd do? He picks up the sheep and he throws him over his shoulders and he walks him back to the rest of the group and he nurses that lamb, he nurses that sheep. He cares for that sheep. He feeds that sheep. He nurtures this sheep. And as the sheep grows up, the sheep understands, like, this shepherd has my best interests in mind. This shepherd knows me. This shepherd cares about me. And I'm not leaving the shepherd anymore. The article said this, this sheep becomes like a pet to the shepherd. It doesn't even leave the shepherd's side. This sheep that was once just all about wandering and all about going to do its own thing is now the sheep who, who literally the shepherd takes a few steps and the sheep is right there with yeah, them. The, the shepherd corrects. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 with me if you want. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 11 says this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Can you relate? Yes. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Read that again. I want you to get this. If you don't have this underlined, I want you to underline it in your Bibles. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Right, that our good shepherd corrects us. Even sometimes when it hurts. There's gonna be some times where, where you go through some stuff in your life, where you pay the consequences for some of the things that you've done. And you think, God, where are you in this? God, this is not right. Where are you in this? And God is going to let you go through that and let that be a correcting time. But on the other end of that, the promise of Scripture is that it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. The good shepherd corrects. And here's the last thing that I know about the good shepherd. The good shepherd protects us. Go back to Psalm 23 with me. Verse 4, 5, and 6, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's a couple parts of this that I just want you to grasp. Right, there's this, uh, you anoint my head with oil. Why is this important? All right, well, sheep, as I said, are, are pretty defenseless. And sheep, as I said, are pretty filthy. They smell. So the natural thing for a sheep is to have a bunch of flies around it. And what happens is the flies will, will get into the sheep's nose, and they'll go one of two ways. Either they come back out, or they go in farther. And sometimes they'll go in farther and they end up laying eggs in the, in the sheep's brain, right? And so what the shepherds would do is they would, they would put oil over the sheep's head. And this oil that they put on the sheep's head was to keep the flies away so that the sheep wouldn't go crazy because flies laid eggs in there. This is really gross. But they wouldn't go crazy because of this, right? They anointed the sheep's head with oil so, so that the flies wouldn't be able to get them. And the psalmist is saying here, You anoint my head with oil. Right? You, you protect me. You, you give me this sense that, that, that the, the bad stuff, the evil, has no chance in here if you are on me, God. If you anoint my head with oil, there is nothing that Satan can do to get to me. There is nothing that Satan do, can, can do to tempt me because I have you. You, would, you anoint my head with oil. You protect me. And he says, My cup overflows. This is just a powerful image as well. In old Palestine, there was this tradition, if I had you over to my house in old Palestine, you were welcome at my house as long as there was some wine in your cup. If I kept refilling your cup, you're welcome. As soon as the cups go dry, it's time for you to go. It wasn't a rude thing. It wasn't like a, now get out of here. It was just it's probably time to go to bed after we've you know. But here's what the psalmist says: My cup overflows. You are always welcome at the table of the good shepherd. You are always welcome at the table of the good shepherd. You, anoint my, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. Just, just think about this image real quick. You, sorry, my page turned. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I just have this picture in your mind of all your enemies. And, and, and the good shepherd prepares a table for you in the midst of all of these. And here's what he does. He anoints your head with oil. No longer, these, these enemies have no power over you. You can sit here and you can eat, and guess what? Your cup overflows. You can sit here for the rest of your life. You can sit here for the rest of eternity because you will always be welcome at my table, even in the presence of your enemies. They will not get you if you are right here at my table with me because I have anointed your head with oil and your cup overflows. The good shepherd protects us. The good shepherd protects. I heard this story of a drama teacher at this private school and he said uh, that the that assignment of the day was I want you to stand up here and I want you to read the, the 23rd Psalm and the drama teacher went first and he did it and he did it just I mean he's a drama teacher he, he did it really well nailed it said alright it's your turn gives the Bible to the kid in the first row and the kid begins to read the Psalm And as he does, he just becomes so overwhelmed with the truth of this song. You lead me beside quiet waters. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup, it overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me the days of my life. And as he's reading this, the kid just, just begins to cry. And the drama teacher stands up and he tells the class, he says, I know the psalm, but this kid knows the shepherd. I know the psalm, but this kid knows the shepherd. Jesus is sitting with his disciples in Matthew chapter 14, 16, sorry, Matthew chapter 16. And he's sitting with them, and he asks them this question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Of course, they give these answers, and some say, you're Elijah. Some say, say you're John the Baptist, brought back from the dead. Jesus asks them again, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And I want to just ask you this morning, who do you say that he is? Who is this Jesus? In the book of John, Jesus tells us who he is. It'd be easy to to repeat some of these answers, but, but who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus? What does Jesus mean to you? What has he done in your life? And this is the beginning of the New Testament. This is the beginning of of the story in the New Testament, this entrance of Jesus into the story. And as we're telling the story of God, the answer needs to be, the story needs to be, who do you say that Jesus is? People want to know what the Bible says about Jesus. But who do you say Jesus is? This morning we're going to take communion. And as I was thinking about communion this week, I thought, there's probably not a better week to do communion. We have come through the Old Testament. We've seen all of these different covenants, ending with the New Covenant. And now we start to begin the New Testament. Just talking about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus, the Good Shepherd. We are the sheep, and just like the Israelites, we get lost all the time. We go our own way all the time. But every single time, Jesus is there with us. And Jesus, even in this, I'm. I'm i going to do something a little different. I want to read these scriptures before I do communion and while we do communion. But in 1 Corinthians, I just want you to hear, hear the words here. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And I want you to hear these words in light of what we've been talking about. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, this new covenant that allows grace to cover our sins. This new covenant in which Jesus Christ came and lived the life that we could not live and died the death that we deserve to die so that we could have eternity with him. This new covenant is sealed at this moment. This is my body broken for you. This is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you. When you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Who do you say that Jesus is? as the elements are passed out, I want you to think about that question. Who is Jesus? As you hold the, the, the bread, the body of Jesus, as you hold the cup, the, the blood of Jesus, as you, as you do this, who is Jesus? As you take the elements this week, would you just commit to following this Jesus. To getting to know the voice of this Jesus. To allowing this Jesus to be your good shepherd who will guide you and protect you and correct you. This Jesus, the good shepherd. I'm going to ask our ushers again to come forward. And as I do, I just want to just have just a, a time of just quiet and reflection as the elements are passed out. If you, if you are... A, in no way there are, do you have to take these elements this morning. Uh, don't feel obligated to take these elements. Uh, but if you profess faith in Jesus Christ, this is this is for you this morning. So we're gonna take communion. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 11. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread. In the same way, After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Take the cup. Let's pray. God, we love you. Hey, God, we're thankful for the sacrifice that you made for us. We're thankful for um, just sending your son, Jesus. To live the life that that we couldn't live. To die the death that we deserve to die so that we may have life eternally with you. You have come that we might have life and to have it to the full. God, this week as we go forward, may we remember you, the Good Shepherd. May we see you. May we get to know your voice. May we hear you this week. God, we love you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning Uh, as we leave? Again, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Uh, So if you would just stand and and just hold out your hands, just receive, receive this blessing. May the God of all love and all grace and all peace, may the good shepherd, may he go ahead of you, May he go with you in your workplaces, in your homes. May he be with you. May he give you the words to say. May this good shepherd lead you this week. And would you begin to know the shepherd's voice. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.